Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Hello, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik, uh, joined as ever by uh, Noel Kirkpatrick, who is here to steal your eyes, <laughs> and Allison, who is Miss Glass Shard Beach, uh, which is home of the Glass Shard ta- Taffy. Toffee. Toffee. Yeah. Toffee as well. Um, we were talking about Gravity Falls Season 2, Episodes 14, oh, sorry, 12 and 13, A Tale of Two Stands, and Dungeons, Dungeons, and More Dungeons. So we, uh, Allison, last week had you guess who do you think the voice actor is going to be to voice our new, like the author, our new character. Could, were you able to tell who it was just by listening? Oh, immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And, and how um, excited are you to have J.K. Simmons back? Very excited. I I feel like um, I should, that, that's the guess I should have made. Of course, I'm always going to prioritize the bit. So of course I was going to guess John Leguizamo, but, uh-huh. um, but uh, if I were really trying to guess a voice actor that we had heard before, who is likely to turn up and play a major role in Gravity Falls, I would have guessed um, J.K. Simmons or Mark Hamill, but we've already had Mark Hamill, right? Mm. We did. Yes. yes. So um, so I really should have guessed. However, I do still think that I get a Caldish, not in A Tale of Two Stands, but in Dungeon Dungeons and More Dungeons. I think we'll get there, but I think my outlandish guess actually counts. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but yes, J.K. Simmons thrilled. What a what a fun combo! They're great together. For listeners who don't remember, he voiced Tenzin on Avatar. So after the Last Airbender, so yeah, uh, just delightful. Very excited. Now, did you did you clock the other voice actor who you might know or actor who who voiced oh, somebody? Um, yeah, Jonathan Banks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is 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 great grandpa pines. I'm confused about the genealogy. So, okay. so who, if if we've got two grunkles, mm-hmm. where's the other sibling? Did you see the baby? No. When Stan got kicked out of the house, there no. was a baby. The mom yes. came out holding a baby, and that is and that their... is their sister. Who then? These are the grandchildren of the sister. Okay. Great. Cool. That clarity yes. helps. Um, I was too busy being delighted and distracted by all of the wonderful New Jersey jokes. Um, and they're a lot. perfect <laughs> animated sunburns. Um, just like, <laughs> mwah, mwah. Up to and including the the very pale line around their waistbands. Like uh-huh. I just, I, I'm obsessed with that. So yes, great, great voice casting. Uh, Noel, how was it revisiting A Tale of Two Stands? It was good. I hadn't rewatched this one a lot. Like I, I think this was actually like one of the first Gravity Falls episodes I like really sat down to watch. Um, that was in order. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really good. And uh, J.K. Simmons is really, really good. Like immediately in this, which I really, really appreciate. Because um, sometimes, especially if you don't do a lot of voice acting, um, it takes a little while to get your sea legs. And I feel like Simmons just really gets it as a vocal performance um because it's it's the same skill set but not the same skill set depending on the actor um because like i've mentioned this before but mark hamill just acts when he does voice acting he's just he does the entire thing which he's talked about in juxtaposition to when he's recording with other voice actors who are just sitting there reading their lines and he's like standing up doing everything that he would have done if he were doing it live action 
Um, and you kind of get a sense of Simmons at least maybe doing half of that, I feel like, because it already feels really lived. And I really like that. But I also think like the structure of A Tale of Two Stands is really, really good. And the emotional impacts of it just fill in so many rich gaps that I just, I was really impressed by this episode. I was really, really happy with it. And I think it's a really, it feels like a full like 45 minute episode as opposed to a half hour. Um, given how much they pack in, I think. Yeah, I kept uh, like checking. Like, we're still yeah, going? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. It's very efficient because like it, mm-hmm. it feels a lot, it, it's dense. And so it feels like there's a lot more length to the episode than there actually is because they're just being really specific with their choices so that you, when you, it doesn't feel like these short segments that keep clicking back into, you know, the the main timeline before they jump back to the past. So yeah, I, I was really struck by that. Allison, how was this one episode for you overall? Oh, I agree completely with what Noel said. Uh, I think the structure is great. I think there's just enough um, emotional levity, I guess is the way I would put it. Like, obviously there are jokes all the way through, but I think that the reaction specifically that Mabel and Dipper have um, make it possible to, um, I guess, not fall into the sort of unrelenting bleakness Mm -hmm. of their childhood and the fracturing of this relationship um and i don't know that there have been all that many episodes of gravity falls where i'm like yes the emotional storytelling is so on point but i do think that it's on point here um and the way the ways in which maple and dipper both react are both true to those characters and um a little release valve i think that's really necessary uh, i will say watching these two episodes back to back i do think that gravity falls has strayed a little too far in the the realm of meta jokes um like at a certain point it started to feel a little uh pat on the backy to me self-congratulatory um but i don't know that i would have had that reaction had we not watched these episodes in sequence and it certainly is less distracting in a tale of two stands um yeah i i was just very impressed by the the gravity <laughs> wasn't even intending that by by the emotional gravity of this story and um the resonance that they were able to pull out of it yeah dipper and his pen it's like, yeah, it was very, um, yeah, I resemble that remark. <laughs> the puking, the puking is really, because I really feel that for me. Um, I don't, it's like a, a 100 where I'm at a 10, but every once in a while I get so excited or worked up about something that I'm just like, hold on, I need a minute. I just need everybody to give me a minute. I can't deal. So I felt that really hard. <laughs> um, I also like the, uh, just the very clear, um mabel hi i'm mabel <laughs> and, and uh then the dipper just losing his mind because of all of this and uh the uh different processing uh capacities <laughs> of the two twins and their different priorities too yeah um since like it's sort of like yeah no it's just like i have a new family member that i want to get to know this is what i care about Oh my God, you wrote the journals. Can you tell me everything about them? I have so many questions. I just need to know everything. Click, click, click. I'm going to vomit. Hang on. Yes, no, I want to know. And all of that kind of stuff. I really like that difference of their priorities um, because it really illustrates where both of them are, but what also both of them really care about right now. I think that the final beat that we get of Mabel on this episode too is, is really thoughtful 
Um, and again, once again, is sort of contradicted by part of the next episode, yes. um, which is frustrating. But um, the idea that Mabel can already sort of see that no matter what happens in the future, her relationship with Dipper is going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is starting now based on this new dynamic, but that no matter what, they can't just stay 12-year-olds together forever. Um, so the fact that Dipper is able to sort of to overanalyze everything in his life except for this relationship while Mabel is up staring at the ceiling uh, really resonated with me. I thought that was really, especially in the context of what we learned about Stanford and Stanley. <laughs> um in this Which, episode i thought that was really smart credit for your two stands uh guess or reference the other the other day allison because there are two stands there's your stan lee and stanford it's also a good through line with the um the june ween or summer ween summer ween mm-hmm. that they do and the the thread there about uh drifting apart and and that being more of a concern for mabel than it is for dipper um yeah so yeah. What did we think? <laughs> what did we think of uh, our our flashbacks and our answers for Stan? Did were they satisfying? Was this like enough of a? This is why he's got all the passports. And yes, he is a scam artist, a hundred percent. But also, Rip you know, off. definitely <laughs> oh will give you a rash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sham, the sham total. <laughs> it's a total sham. Scam. It's a total scam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I th- of all of the many as seen on TV jokes that we get in those sequences, the the fact that I had never thought of sham wow as being a sham, just like a sham. Yeah, that was um, that's a really good joke. I was like, oh, it's in the, it's it's it is what it says on the tin. <laughs> um, wow, that's great. Uh, I loved the style of the animation in those sequences like i love the sort of lo-fi tv thing that they have going um i love stan's fashion choices i was very interested in uh stan lee's no stanford's because he's grunkle ford now yeah stanford's sort of um descent into madness which they obviously handle with a light touch but i but it's clear enough that it was honestly a little upsetting watching all of the things that happened before and the experience the experience with old man mcguckett and all of this stuff coming together to sort of put him in this extremely dark place which then reflects off of the other stands extremely dark place and all of that i just felt it was really well handled noel did you have any final thoughts on this one no i agree with allison i think that those emotional beats plus the paralleling that we just kind of alluded to with uh, Dipper and Mabel, which is something I don't think I remembered them doing such an explicit job of in this episode, uh, really shown through. And I really, really liked it, which is why the episode I think is so rich is that it's a really subtle, but explicit paralleling that they establish um, that for me snaps a lot of stuff into focus. And I just really enjoyed watching all of that. And poor McGucket, just poor just the roughest, roughest life. He should have stayed in Palo Alto making personal computers in his garage. Oh my god. <laughs> Ooh. Any final thoughts, Allison? Uh, no, it was really good. Good episode. <laughs> 
Um, I liked that we get pretty, I think, pretty majorly on like on board with Stanford in this, and then I appreciate that in the very next episode, while we're we still like Stanford, we still like Uncle Ford. Uh, the end of the episode is just a giant red flag of, uh, nope, <laughs> stay with Grunkle Stan, because if you are an adult, even if you've been in a parallel dimension for the past however many decades, uh, you don't tell a 12-year-old, here's a secret you can't tell anyone, even your sister. That's incredibly destructive and bad. Never do that. So uh, I like how they like get... Because I mean, we 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 enjoy uh, J.K. Simmons. The, what an excellent voice performance! The backstory is very sympathetic for him, and he's doing the right things and all of this stuff. And then you can still see that at the end of the episode, it's you know, while we still like him, it's like ah, oh yes, no, <laughs> I have a, you know, I, there's a little question mark there because. This is not how you interact with children. And it can just be that, you know, Ford hasn't been around children, human children from this dimension um, for however many decades. But like it's immediately a untrustworthiness and an alarm bell that at least for me as someone who works with children uh, immediately sounds off in a way that's I think like I appreciate how. Uh, unsettling it is it's appropriately unsettling um in an episode that is mostly just very silly and ridiculous and a lot of fun for the D players out there um did did either of you connect with that as well yeah for sure um i was pretty i mean it's a very sympathetic backstory and i am happy to give a lot of leeway for what i assume is just just really terrible mental health like all the really, trauma just, i even before the 15 years through the portal bad he's in a bad place so i can extend a lot of sympathy and empathy there but um the fact that he has no interest seemingly no interest in either of the kids until one of them likes a game he likes and then also his response to stan when he says um you can stay here through the summer and take care of the kids and then Mm -hmm. you're out totally abdicating any responsibility which granted it's not his choice to have them there but that all of that yeah big red flags yeah i think that the chain of events that allison just outlined really speak to Mm -hmm. the things that we kind of start to get should be as you said kate also red flags of this is not great this is a little not good um including the whole all right everyone's out by the end of the summer like you're going to give me back my identity as well because I'm going to run the mystery shack. No, he's not going to run the mystery shack. He just wants his house back. <laughs> um, but I do think that there's a lot of stuff there that gets really sticky. And I think that some of that stickiness is good from a, from all the stuff that we got in a tale of two stands of their fractured relationship and the resentments that they both hold towards one another between you ruined my life by not letting me get into this college I wanted. And then I had to go to this everyone's second choice college, um, which was a very good joke. Um, But also the, I didn't ask you to save me. Yeah, but I saved you because I needed to, who knows what was going to happen to you and all this sort of stuff. And I think that watching that tension not be acknowledged by, uh, by Ford is really, really important Um, down to, the rest of his behavior, which is just, again, a series of not good decisions. 
Um, but also just don't keep an Infinidice in a cheap plastic case. I know that's a joke. It's a very good joke. It's an excellent joke. But at least get a good cloth bag for it. <laughs> there's an Infinidice. Surely there's some sort of real world equivalent from another dimension to a bag of holding. And then you could keep it in there. Yeah. <laughs> And then you can put your dimensional rift in there as well, because putting it in a snow globe in a headrest sideboard thing is not a good idea either. Yeah, <laughs> terrible idea. It's not I'm sure idea. nothing bad will happen from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, drink up. Drink up, y'all. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I, I, of course, as, you know, three people who all play D&D, &D, uh, and as someone who's currently playing a, a, spell, a wild magic spellcaster... Oh, um, nice. Just how tempting is, like, like the Infinidice in realsies, not tempting at all, because, like, no. Uh, but it, in a in a fictional setting, can, but, can how many, how many, you know, like, it's a deck of many things, like, how many cards? Ooh, ooh, how many cards can I, how long would it take you? How long would it take you guys to roll the Infinidice in a fictional setting? Oh, I would be contriving, as the DM? I would be contriving every possible opportunity to make it justified that someone would have to roll it for yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Like, first of all, let's let's for the non D and D players, let's give a teeny tiny bit of context. So this is where I get my call dish because a wild magic search <laughs> is when you roll <laughs> off a table and some crazy shit happens. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but it's unpredictable. So it'll be like you rolled um, uh, 39 so now you speak in pink bubbles for the next 10 minutes, which in D&D &D is a long time. Um, it could be four sessions, depending. <laughs> yeah, really good. Or, uh, you know, you rolled a 78, and that means that um, you immediately lose all of your weapons. Like, it could be anything, right? There are a set number of possibilities, but lots of ways to vary those possibilities. And uh, as they sort of say here, although it's not totally accurate, you can make up a lot. So, um, so the possibilities are sort of endless and that is essentially what happens. Um, <laughs> so it was a joke and it was a D and D joke, but it was also pretty close to the actual plot of this episode, um, which I feel a very good about. I, uh, how did you not spoil it for me? I don't know how it is. <laughs> uh, well, cause it's more fun for you to experience it. When yeah. I, when I saw that dice, I was like, oh, that's hilarious sorry for making you bleep me but i am gonna embrace it that it's my favorite caldish ever i think um i feel very good about it the other thing that i want to point out about before we get into the specifics of the episode is that mabel wants to play a version of dungeons and dragons which is essentially the version of dungeons and dragons that kate and i are playing right now um which is you don't care about the things you don't care about and you ride unicorns um and since she never listens to the show, one of the characters in my campaign is eventually going to get a color-changing llama to ride on <laughs> because I'm in charge and I get to say what goes. So uh, Mabel would love to play Hot Pants D&D, which is the game that Kate and I are playing right now. Yeah, she would be very welcome and uh, more on this on Wednesday. But uh, the, yeah, the, the, the infinite eye, like the, a wild magic search by the listeners is usually you roll a D 100. So it's like a, there's a table with a hundred different things that you can get. Um, so the, the infinity thing, that's a little different. It did a deck of many things, right? There's 52 cards. So you pull, you know, depending on there's different options, but I did enjoy that. It was a D 38 is the, 
the standard uh, die for Dungeons and Dungeons and More Dungeons. Uh, I was waiting for the natural 38 reference, and that didn't happen when they rolled the 38, uh, which I felt a little, like, cheated on. But, you know, it had the appropriate effect. Listeners who don't play D&D, usually you roll a 20-sided die. And if you roll one, something you can choose, the DM can choose to have something just stupidly bad happen that is either, like, can be really bad for the party or it's just bad but hilarious, depending on your personality and the style of the game. And if you roll a 20, something stupidly good happens where you're just like, and then you stumble and you find a bag of 500 gold or, you know, you find a plus two axe or what, you know, something, you know, stupidly fortunate and, and awesome happens. Like think Lord of the Rings, Legolas skating down the thing on the shield and it's just like super epic and badass and doesn't actually make any sense, but it's because he rolled a 20. So when they roll a natural 38, I was just waiting for like the, you know, pump the air, natural 38, whoa, and it didn't happen. But um, the rest of the D&D uh, Dungeons and Dungeons and more Dungeons play I, I was pretty much on board with down to the the flexibility that they gave it which is not how Dungeons and Dragons actually works you can't just make up whatever spell you want but it captures the spirit of the flexibility it of was the a homebrewed edition okay it was yeah. just homebrew <laughs> there are still rules for a homebrew though but but I appreciate that it can be oh well this this sexy elf is interesting <laughs> right for for Mabel and Grenda um, and versus the uh, the the you know the elements of the game that Ford and, and uh, Dipper are more into. Um, Noel, did you have any particular response to the Dungeons and Dragons aspects of this episode? Yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty funny. It's solid. It's one of those D and D things where it's just like they don't get too far into the weeds because they know if they get too far into the weeds they lose their audience. But I still like the like the weird attempts of like, I'm playing the controversial 1991 to 1992 rule set. It's just like, excellent. Yes. No, very good. Um, I like the rebranding bit, which is not a direct dig at the fourth edition of D and D because the fourth edition of D and D did not do that stuff in like the, in with the whole weird, um, yeah. we're going to be hip thing but they did try to be like everyone has powers it's an MMO now mm-hmm. and everyone went this is terrible <laughs> no because fourth, edi- fourth edition's not- bad it's not good um, it's a very unpleasant playing experience um, but all of that said I still think it's really fun it's very enjoyable um, and I think that the jokes are just solid enough that everyone gets it, um, that there's this degree of love, but also just like, this is for nerds. And it's just like, yeah, it was, but not anymore, because everyone plays it now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, no, I think it's good. Um, I had something really specific about it, but uh, it's gone now, and I can't remember it. It's fine. What what do we think of Weird Al, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, as Probabilitor? (laughs) Uh, I didn't clock that that's who it was until right now. That's amazing again sorry you had to bleep me but weird al deserves it um that's great that's great casting i didn't know who it was but thought that was a really fun voice performance so thumbs up from me i responded a little bit less warmly to some of the D jokes than noel did i think there were a few where i was like well okay um that feels a little like the easiest possible version of that joke in ter- especially with the uh, with seuss's role-playing group yeah, yeah, those jokes are really... And the tag yeah, at the end like about, them. like, maybe we're just 
avoiding becoming real people by running around in cardboard. It's like, yeah, okay. Or you're an adult, you get to do whatever is going to make you have a good time as long as it's not hurting other people. Like nobody cares. Please, for the love of God, let's retire this trope. Um, Well, and maybe you're avoiding, you know, reality by playing fantasy football and watching the game at the bar every week with your friends, but nobody makes that joke, do they? Maybe you're avoiding reality by uh, drinking too much Miller Lite and watching ESPN. Maybe mm-hmm. you're avoiding reality by redecorating your home seven times. Like there are all kinds of ways that people can avoid their problems. Um, and people who avoid their problems don't avoid the problems can still play D and D and other shit. So, um, so some of those jokes didn't sit particularly well with me. Uh, I also think that um, if Dipper. <laughs> really was as big a fan of dungeon dungeons and more dungeons as he says he is he would have had a better way to approach mabel about (laughs) why it is that she would enjoy playing dungeons dungeons and more dungeons um and uh also just don't use scrap paper well and also dick move take over the living room when you know the detective finale is coming like yeah you dnd can wait yeah. ideally you want time to order a pizza you want mm-hmm. like lots of time for your dnd campaign you you should play and also dipper you have to plan you're just going off the cuff what <laughs> no you gotta plan you gotta make tables you've gotta prepare npcs um and then you gotta watch detective finale yeah, because uh, well, we know Grunkle Stan does not have a DVR. Come on. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, Noel, any final thoughts on Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons? Uh, no, just, I mean, we should have called that it was the evil twin on the Duck Tecta finale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quack. <laughs> Allison, how about you? Um, No, I don't think so. I I feel a little bit bad that this episode, which I still enjoyed, was paired with The Tale of Two Stands, which I thought was such a, honestly, kind of a step up for the series. Um, But I I still enjoyed it a lot. I love a D&D joke. (laughs) Come on. Please. Let's do it. Let's let's do it. Let's do Death Muffins. Which was a good callback to the muffin explosion. Yeah. 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 Earlier. And I love that Mabel was eating them after. It's like, Mm -hmm. you don't know, like, yeah, probably Biltor went back to their home dimension, but you don't know that that is okay to eat. It did look very delicious, though. Yeah. Um, so our next two episodes are going to be episodes 14 and 15. Episode 14 is The Stancherian Candidate. So, Allison, <laughs> any thoughts? Oh, that's such a good episode title. Okay. Um, the Stancherian Candidate. So that'll have something to do with brainwashing maybe um or we've seen the mayor a couple times now so maybe maybe stan decides to run for office okay um to run for mayor and that's why we've seen the mayor a couple of times recently um uh and if they get an angela lansbury joke in there anywhere I'll be thrilled. That's not a, that's just a hope. That's not a prediction. I think you mean a Meryl Streep joke. Oh God. <laughs> We're going to move right past Some that. High level Manchurian candidate humor. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do this. That's what people come to this podcast for is references to semi-obscure remakes. Of... <laughs> it's a decent remake. It's just yeah, the original is so good. The original is just the original. The original is yeah. so good. 
Um, well, and the second episode that we're talking about is The Last Mablecorn. I don't even want to predict anything. I just want to watch that one. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. There's a, there's a, Mabel finds a unicorn that also wears novelty sweaters. Oh. Okay. Incorrect. She actually develops like a lot of corns on her feet. <laughs> it's a very gross episode. A different kind of Mabel Corn. She just spends the entire episode at the podiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know what? That would be a really good episode of Gravity Falls. <laughs> please, please, Mabel spends an entire episode at the podiatrist. I uh, I've been rewatching Dragger season seven, and I about yesterday or the day before <laughs> they had the pop the corns and feed the children thing. So like this is just a good bit of synchronicity for me. Um, anyways, oh, on that disgusting note, Allison, excellent. I'm great. I'm very happy. I broke Allison. <laughs> we're gonna wrap things up, and we'll be back with you guys on Wednesday to talk about the next two episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Allison's gonna throw up. She's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll be fine in a second. Ooh, ooh. <laughs>